Macworld Podcast number 234 for March 2nd, 2011. Hello, everyone. Welcome again to the Macworld Podcast. I'm guest host Philip Michaels. Today we had a lot of Apple news, so much Apple news we don't even have time to do proper introductions. I'll just say that I'm joined here by Jason Snell. Hi. Dan Morin. Hello. Serenity Caldwell. Hello. Hey, what did Apple talk about today, Jason? Uh, wow, is this going to be the shortest podcast ever? <laughs> the yes, we fire we, podcast. I've, I've got a bus to catch. <laughs> no. Um, Apple, of course, had a uh, special press event here in San Francisco, um, uh, hosted quite surprisingly, By I think. Steve Jobs. Yes. I heard of him. Yes. You, you know, we, we were under the impression that he was on leave. Yes. You know, I was on a leave of absence from, from Macworld a few months ago, and you could not have gotten me to to, to work with, with with a court order at that time. I know. Because so, I tried. Yeah. So that just, um, that just goes to show you, I think... Um, Steve Jobs is more dedicated than me, obviously. Certainly a message sent by yes. Steve Jobs and by Apple that he is, um, to his point of his statement, still involved at the mm. company mm-hmm. even while being on leave. Still very much uh, a part of the, the big, uh, big uh, things happening at Apple and I can think of none bigger than the iPad 2, which uh, was announced today. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. Also, Steve Jobs didn't didn't just make an appearance, which I thought would be a possibility of like, hey, right. everybody, here walk I am. Up, walk up on stage, and wave, and now here's and then, Phil Schiller, right? right? It's the whole song and dance. Mm-hmm. And he was, he, he's Mr. MC. He was he full on He was James Franco and Anne Hathaway mm-hmm. together in one. <laughs> yes. Without wow. the druggy part. But he did a better job. But he did a way better job. <laughs> yes. Uh, so the iPad 2, yes, we saw at, at long last. It's been about 11 months, almost, uh, almost to the day since the original iPad was released. And uh, and now the iPad 2 has been announced and will be available um, later this month in just a, in in less than two weeks on the 11th, I believe, you know, mm-hmm. week and a half. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's um it's a big deal. This is the 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 joke, of course, is that the, last year was the year of the iPad, and and uh, Apple is saying this is going to be the year of the iPad 2. So will take 2012 that, be the year of the iPad 3? Dun, dun, Only dun, time dun. will tell. Oh, that's right. Mm. Well, before we talk about the iPad 3, I think we should um, give the, the, the current uh, iPad update uh, its, its time in the sun. Yes. And this, this was not actually a shock that this was something Apple was going to uh, unveil today. The invitation pretty much gave it away. Yes. Um, so, Picture of an iPad and a big two. Yeah. Hmm. So given given those clues, uh, given that we were expecting an iPad, uh, I'll ask the two gentlemen who were in the room at the unveiling, were you excited by the announcement? Were you impressed by what you saw? Or um, uh, was it, as, as I read on a headline on a competing sister site of ours, a ho-hum iPad update? <laughs> I'll leave it to your imagination as to which of our, our many sister publications had that headline. Well, I mean, I think you know. I think there was. But they something. cover a world of computers. <laughs> <laughs> that was subtle. I appreciate that. But not so a world subtle. of PCs. No, just computers. Oh, just computers. All right. I there. There was a lot to be impressed by. I think you know. If you're going to look at what 
what the headline is for the iPad 2. It mostly has to do with, you know, again, Apple's tech- technique of refining and iterating and coming up with a, a better version of their original product, which is to say, it, outwardly, there may not be anything revolutionary about the iPad 2, but it's a really nice, solid update to the first version. Not only do they pack in a lot more power under the hood, they add some cameras, some other nice little features here and there, but they made the whole thing thinner and lighter. And that's no you know, no mean feat given how much stuff they've managed to pack in there. And they stress that a number of times by saying, you know, Steve Jobs pretty much coming out and saying, wow, look at all this stuff that we've done. And we've packed it into this, this smaller, thinner device with the same amount of battery power and everything as its previous version. Like you haven't lost anything from the previous version. You just – except for a little bit of weight. You just, you've just made gains. I mean in – and, you know, that said, there wasn't anything that was necessarily shocking about this new one. Many of us expected cameras for FaceTime integration, faster processor, more RAM, the same kind of things we expect when they roll out a new Mac or an iPhone. But it's still a nice, solid update. Yeah, I mean, ho-hum. Ho how, how, how do you get to ho-hum? I mean, what, what would have made it not be ho-hum for this, for this person? I, I, you know – this is what Apple does, and I think that a headline like that suggests a fundamental misunderstanding of what Apple does. Far be it for me to say that any world involving computers could get something like this wrong. But you know, Apple does, to Dan's point, Apple iterates, Apple improves. Apple had, a, had an entire year essentially with no competitors in the field, and now there are starting to be some competitors. But, but Apple has responded, and so they got a product that still nobody can beat them on price. And now if it, all these kind of dual-core processors that are out there and new tablets are coming out, Apple can say, well, we've got that too and we've got the improved graphics and it's lighter and it's thinner. And it's going to be really easy for a lot of people to say, well, thinner and lighter, whatever. What's really important is the specs. I think that's totally wrong, that, that spe- the traditional speeds and feeds, which Steve actually even mentioned in the, in the, in the presentation, don't really matter. Uh, it's about usability. It's about functionality. It's about you know feeling like it's a, an enjoyable uh, product to use. How smooth it runs. What software it runs. How it feels in the hand. Not how many. Uh, gigahertz and how many cores and how much RAM. And, and Apple's tried to spin it that way. I mean, if you go back to the original iPad 2, you know, the original iPad as well, sorry, to say, you know, you look at the, the information they put out there and they don't, you know, they talked about the processor and that it ran at a gigahertz, you know, that, that was really impressive, but they don't list, it's not like going to a MacBook Pro spec page where it's got every nitty gritty little detail of everything yeah, that's packed in there. They don't want you to know how much RAM is in there. Well, and it doesn't matter, right? Like to the right. average end user, to the, to the market they're targeting, those people couldn't tell a megabyte from a gigahertz, and they don't care, right? Don't. They, they want to know how it works, how it feels. Exactly. Do my right. apps run? Do my games? Can I play my games? Exactly. Are they speedy? Do they it, feel responsive? One, <laughs> another one of our sister sites um, posted a uh, not not to slag on the rest of IDG, <laughs> but they posted a uh, they posted a table today. Oh, I saw that. That too. was the spec battle of the spec sheets between various tablets, and can the iPad two measure up? And again totally misses the point. Um, as uh, Michael Gartenberg, the mobile analyst who writes for us and has been on this podcast, he said, look, Apple did the table stake stuff. Does it have a camera? Regular users don't care about the, well, I don't know. Is it 1.2 gigahertz? They don't care. Um, and honestly, something like weight and thinness, 
Um, when you're talking about a, a mobile product like this, a, a reader kind of product, the iPad 2 feels way more like a Kindle than the iPad 1 did. And that's because it's thinner and lighter and easier to hold. It's more sort of grippable to hold in the hand. You don't feel like it's going to fall out of your hand like the original iPad did without a case on it. And that may seem like a minor point, but that that's going to make this product so much more pleasant to use as a reader than it used to be. Well, think about how much that you know impacts your – if you're using an iPad every day. Think how much more repeated impact you get from having a lighter, thinner product as opposed to whether it's a couple megahertz faster. I mean that's something you deal with all the time. Oh my god, am I schlepping this around all day? Am I holding it up to read it in bed? Like that's something repeated that you can you can feel and measure that's actually going to have like a tangible impact. Now, uh, before we get into the the new design and and holding it in your hand cuz you you had a chance to do that that hands-on activity, I wanted to ask one last quick question about the stuff that we've just uh, that we've just said no one really cares about. The uh, the dual core processor in yeah. Ooh, I'm very interested in Yes. Well, very quickly, yes. just from the, the demos A5. the A5, just from the demos you saw, uh is it a noticeable performance boost or It's hard to say because yeah. there's a, they they said that the graphics performance was also dramatically improved and it's very hard to tease those things apart right away. I mean, the JavaScript in the in the the JavaScript engine is also improved in iOS 4.3, so you know it's it's very hard. We're, we're and there's try, but there's that hard. issue also with anything that's kind of a clean demo unit, as opposed to I mean I don't know. I think many of us have experienced iPhones or iPads that feel a little more sluggish after you've used them for several months because you've got cache data crufting up and all sorts of stuff like that. I mean, I think that Apple's always, obviously going to put its best foot forward on the units that it's got showing off there. So it's hard to tell. But it felt very responsive and very and very smooth. I think that's the reason why GarageBand and iMovie were demoed and uh, were present on the units that we got to try out is those are programs that would seem to require a lot more mm-hmm. horsepower. Mm-hmm. They're smooth. I mean, I got to say iMovie was very, very smooth. Like, yeah. So, that, but it's hard. We when we get when we get one and do our review, that's going to be one of our challenges: is how to really sort of tease out um, performance and you know figure out how how to measure it compared to uh, previous iPads, let alone other tablets that are out there. So we started talking about the design and holding it in the hand, and I am particularly interested in that. Uh, that portion of the, the the discussion because one of my complaints about the original iPad is I find it maybe I'm maybe I'm particularly a weak person but I, <laughs> I find it kind of difficult to hold oh it As, is especially yeah. um, when I'm playing a game I, I play backbreaker football where you're 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 flipping your iPad around to try and avoid tacklers and I always feel like the iPad's going to come flying out of my hand <laughs> yeah a- and uh, so tell me about the new design and tell me if my if my uh, 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 fears will be alleviated with this uh, with this version of the iPad well the iPad 2 doesn't have the sides that the iPad the iPad original iPad has a front a back and these and and a, and a side like kind an of edge. panel. It's a two dimensional iPad. <laughs> well, wow. It's so thin. That well, is revolutionary. It, it That's is, not ho hum. It it is. It's got a back piece and the back piece curves at the at the edges. It's kind of like the uh, the most current iPod Touch. It reminds right? me more of the iPod Touch, it, right? Or the iPhone three G. Yeah. Yeah, where it's, it's kind of back. yeah, it's got a curved taper edge down to basically, you know, I don't even know how to describe. It. I didn't. I failed the geometry. It, it's it's and, and that curve is uh, pretty rapidly finishes up, and then you've just got the flat back, and it is a flatter back too. Mm. So that is, I think, that combined with the, the lighter weight 
it makes it feel much more grippable. I, I, I mean, my first reaction to the original iPad was, you know, I was afraid I was going to drop it when I held it in one hand. And, and, and adding a case is what made it feel like you could get a good grip on it. And this one, you can get a good grip on it. I mean, it, it is obviously they addressed this. Along with trying to make it thinner and lighter, they did the work to make it um, – whether it was a byproduct of their mm-hmm. other design work or whether they specifically sought to do it, it is so much easier to hold and hold with confidence and feel like you can just kind of flip it around with your hand and you're not going to – it's not going to fly out, which it's, the old one sort of felt that way. And it's a couple – it's two-tenths of a pound lighter, I believe, which you know doesn't – again, doesn't seem like much. But as Steve Jobs said, when you're talking about something that's a pound and a half – you know that's a substantial fraction of it, and I mean it's now what? So it's now about a pound, exactly a pound lighter than like a 11 inch MacBook Air, essentially. I mean it's not; it feels lighter, and part of that is sort of an illusion of the thinness, but it does legitimately feel lighter and feels like you can hold it. Maybe it's an issue of balance or weight, where they put the weight, how they distribute it. Right. It's obviously denser because it got a lot smaller, and there's more stuff in there, and there's more <laughs> stuff in there, and it didn't, and it got a little bit lighter. But it, it is – yeah, it feels it feels good to hold and I, th- I suspect that it will be a much more pleasant device to hold for a long period of time in one hand for reading and things like that, which really that was one of the big failings of the original iPad is it was kind of heavy. You kind of needed to prop it up on your stomach if you're reading in bed or something like that. You couldn't really just kind of hold it above your, your head. It was – you know, unless you are a strong man, it's not just you, Phil. I mean, it's 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 good good for a workout. Though. You know, it's oh, a, that's yeah. not a really good ergonomic kind of thing. This, th- so I think this is going to be better. I mean, we only held it for twenty minutes, but I think it is going to be better. Not twenty minutes straight, just you know, over the course of twenty minutes. That would be yeah. an impressive it would be so <laughs> strength. Um, let's talk camera or cameras or two cameras, uh, front facing and rear facing. Not unlike uh, other iOS devices, I could surprise. name. Surprise! Very much like the iPod Touch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, how, how's it look live and in person? Um, it's going to be – it's not It's not. – you're not going to get the same results you get with an iPhone 4. Not only does the iPhone 4 have a much higher resolution screen so things look very sharp, but it has – the rear camera on the iPhone 4 is substantially higher quality. Yes. It's a 5 megapixel camera. I believe the one on here works out to about – it's, it's like, one point two megapixels. No, I it's think like it's actually seven twenty p. I believe seven twenty p is actually lower than that. I think it. I did the math. It looked like point nine. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Uh, you know, it's the same. It's, it's the same as it's in, not, that's in the iPod Touch. Correct? It, it's not it's something a seven twenty p video camera right. that will take a still and in low light, it's really grainy and, and really grainy. jaggy. I mean, yeah. it's not something you're going to want to use to take a lot of snapshots. It's of, not meant for that, really. Right. I mean, but again, uh, it's Jobs an iPad. Said, video, video for video. I believe was the phrase he yeah. used for video. So it's for face time and and for a photo booth where you want to you know show somebody doing something or maybe for things like um scanning in barcodes or google goggles or stuff like that yeah it's it's a data it's a data input method more than anything else not a great still camera definitely Mm. not but i mean that's not something you really want to do with it you don't want to hold your ipad out and snap snapshots no it's it's not shaped like a camera and i mean that's something that steve jobs said during the presentation too is like oh we have cameras but we'll get to those later i mean there really wasn't there wasn't a huge focus put on we have cameras it was more we have cameras oh here look at the software that you can do things with and that's very apple right i mean there's the table stakes of we've got cameras and then there's all this stuff and it's not just we can take pictures but we can do video conferencing and it's built in and we can do the all the all those uh, photo booth effects which boy mm-hmm. my kids 
Oh. My, I can't separate my kids from the iPad now and I can't separate them from my Mac running photo booth. The idea of an iPad running photo booth, I will never see my children again. Well, and another another important point is in terms of the cameras is just parity. Um, now every iOS device has front and back cameras and it's that simple. So if you're yes. a developer and you're writing, you don't have to think about uh, what does this do on a device that doesn't have a camera? How does that work? How do I deal with like Skype if I'm, you know, if I'm Skype and I'm designing a, a, a client? Do I have to worry about detecting whether or not there's a camera. Now, all going forward, they'll all have this, you know, cameras with the same capabilities. Front hopefully. and back, mm-hmm. and you can you can bank on it. And yeah, so the spec-focused people who are building those spec tables will say, ha-ha, but the uh, Android tablets have five megapixel <laughs> cameras on the back of them. And seven but, cameras. And, and, and I guess, yes, it's but like what a fly. Software, right? Okay, now I mean, admittedly, <laughs> a tablet with seven cameras would be a pretty impressive <laughs> hey, thing. It's a, it's a mobile TV right. studio. Yeah. But you got to throw in the software. And, yeah. and then there's the whole plausibility thing, which is really, do you, do you want a, a five megapixel camera on the back of a tablet? Maybe you do. If you do, Apple thinks you don't. Apple thinks you don't actually need that. At least for now. At least for now. Yeah. Until they decide otherwise. Until they decide well, that you need helpless. it. Yes. <laughs> the, the screen specs, they are the, the same, same. essential. Mm-hmm. Okay. It is the same screen mm-hmm. as far as we can tell. Is, is that a disappointment? I think it's a realistic – it's just a matter of – it was not practical at this point given I think how much uh, cost it would have incurred to put a retina display on there and also in terms of how developers would have had to redo their applications to adapt to that level of resolution. I think they decided this version was not – it was not necessary. Not well, necessary they, too soon. But they did raise the bar, right? I mean everybody mm-hmm. knows now what a retina display looks like. And they also know that if it didn't come in this version – there's chances are it'll come at some point down the road, so you know, it gives them a little mm-hmm. bit of leeway. Well, I think the point of this version was nice, make though. it, yeah, make it thinner, make it lighter. I mean, if you're going to try and cram a Retina display in there, you're not going to be prior, able to do either of those. Prior to the iPhone four, the iPad was probably unquestionably the nicest display mm-hmm. Apple had in a device. I mean, yeah. it, it, it is a nice display. It's a very nice it's display. Just it just nice. it doesn't look good in comparison to the iPhone four, which has a super awesome display. <laughs> yeah. I noticed that um, Apple has apparently gotten its hands on some white paint. <laughs> that uh, they, the they, white, they borrowed it from Tom, Tom Sawyer. Sawyer. Yes, ah. the white paint that has gone missing since uh, <laughs> since last July. Uh, white and black iPads, and this yes. will not be one of those uh, ebony and ivory. This will not be oh, together in perfect Please stop harmony. quoting the song. This will not be one of those situations um, like Just with the iPhone kidding. four, where the where where the wink. Yes. <laughs> Yes, we, watch well, the hand. Watch the yes, hand. We, we we used a white iPad two today. We also used but a we white, used iPhone, white iPhone, iPhone four. <laughs> so so Steve Jobs. I mean, he he is well aware and made the joke that he said they'll be shipping on day one. And everybody that got some titters when because come on, I mean they they blew How it with the white iPhone four. How long did it take to make a white iPhone? <laughs> does, yeah. did, now that just not to bring another product into here, but does this mean we will soon see that? Uh, I mean, they, that, that white iPhone. They promised. The they would have one in the if you spring. Will. The last date they gave was spring 2011. We are we are rapidly approaching spring 2011. So yeah. I would assume that we will see one. You'd think that they would just punt and, and do it for the next iPhone, but they they, they just dug they themselves would. into a hole, mm-hmm. right? Like they had no choice. There's some guy it's really, who pre-ordered it's a, a white iPhone for <laughs> last year and refuses to have the black eye, and he keeps calling and saying, "When is it coming?" Well, okay, and they'll make him one. Yeah, well, I mean, because otherwise they'll have a class action suit on there. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Um, to, to just sort of wrap up the the, the iPad centric discussion, uh, and and we mentioned people again, those people with their 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 Android tablet comparison charts. What does the iPad 
to do for Apple in terms of competing with um, – I was going to say some of these Android tablets that are on the market, but really what that's <laughs> – Ooh, the Galaxy Zoom tab, the Zoom, tab. Yeah. yeah. Well, and we've got you know there are forthcoming tablets from other competitors, and, right. and Jobs did take shots at several competitors out there in terms of things like price. Yes, um, availability also, of apps. He copycats. Also yeah, he had one about apps about specifically targeting uh, Honeycomb Android, which is the new Android uh, tablet OS or optimized version of Android. Um, I think that. You know, it, the most important message here, and, and Jobs said it on stage, was, you know, we, we had this category to ourselves. We defined this category last year, and we're not just sitting back and resting on our laurels. We're producing a new tablet. We've got an entirely new device. But I think that, you know, as far as capability goes, it, it, it treads a lot of the same ground. Yeah. I mean, but Apple's in the lead, and they, and they, still, got the, they still got the price advantage over mm-hmm. their competitors. And... You know, sure, you're going to have you're going to have actually stories from people who work for websites that are also owned by IDG that are going <laughs> to say the iPad is going to be destroyed. The iPad's t- percentage of the tablet market is falling, and it, Android will take over. Well, it would be hard for Apple to keep the percentage of the tablet market it has right now because it has the market all to itself and has for a year. So is Android going to make inroads in the tablet market? Sure it is. How could it not? But that said, Apple is – When you've got, when you've got <laughs> less than 5%, yeah. it's easy to yeah. go upward. Yes. And so you know, will, the, will Motorola sell some Zooms? I suppose. Will BlackBerry sell some playbooks? Probably so. Will HP sell some touchpads? I hope so because that actually looks like it could be – I like the WebOS. That could be an interesting product. But you know, Apple has almost no competitors in the field yet and has, and has like lapped them now with this. And there's also new iPads. You know, they're not stopping even now. So you, you, presumably this gets them some table stakes of some of the stuff that's changed in the last, in the last little while. You know, they're way ahead on a lot of the OS stuff and way ahead on the app stuff. So, yeah, and know. keep in mind that this is an iPad shipping essentially with what is still, for all intents and purposes, today's iOS, right? I mean, right. Presumably, there'll be an iOS five release sometime this summer or fall that will push the OS ahead even further. And that, and that's you know, a whole new game at that point, right? Because this is this is if Apple keeps doing what they've been doing, there is another part of the story that this is not you know the Zoom shipped with. Honeycomb. The iPad 2 is shipping with last year's OS essentially with some minor updates. There is another OS that will drop and that will be something that will presumably run really well on the iPad 2. But well, it's the same thing yet. that they did with the original iPad exactly. when they released, you know, I mean you released it with 3.2 and 3.2 was nice for about a month until they previewed iOS 4, four. And, and then you're like, like multitasking. Oh, right. Exactly. Right. And when the iPhone 4 with its retina display and its iOS 4 was introduced, nobody ever bought an iPad ever again. <laughs> oh, wait. That was really sad. Like, that was sad. Yeah. yeah. We never heard from that product ever again. Oh, hey, speaking of, speaking of iOSs, um, Apple had some news today on iOS 4.3. And why don't we talk about some of the features that we saw there? What 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 were some of the highlights, Serenity? My favorite, undoubtedly, is home sharing, uh, which basically takes a feature that was introduced in iTunes 10. Was it 10 or 10.1? I feel like 
was introduced relatively recently uh, that basically allows you to share – if you have multiple computers in a household, it allows you to share your music and your movies from one to the other and stream it wirelessly over Wi-Fi. And they have now brought that to iPads and iPhones and iPod touches, which is quite lovely. I mean it's it's not entirely to the point where, oh, I can stream it across the country in the cloud, but you can stream it in your house and that's a start, I feel. Um, yeah, I mean, you can listen to your music library on your iPhone or your iPad. This is kind of a no-brain. I mean, I, I always wonder why they didn't do this sooner. Yeah. It seemed very obvious, but it's nice. To, it's nice to have the option, and now you, you don't do have to iTunes, load, right? Mm-hmm. But now you'll be able to do it right. on iOS. And device. if you, I mean, you know, an, an iPad or an iPhone is a constrained amount of space. You don't have necessarily room to put all of your music on there or all of your video. But with the ability to quickly stream stuff from iTunes, then now you basically have it on your fingertips right. as long as you're, you know, within your. Your house. But. This is the system the Apple TV, the second generation Apple TV uses to share content with your iTunes uh, systems on your. And it's also now the way that you use uh, if you use the remote app on right. the iPhone. Mm, right. It also so uses this is home the sharing. new the new in home system for Apple. And, and now it, it's coming to the hmm. iOS. You know, I I say I'm impressed with in terms of 4.3. Just speaking generally, I really feel like iOS 4 has been. They have done a lot of improvements in terms of point releases like mm-hmm. 414243 have all brought noticeable improvements and new features actually as opposed to previous versions in 3 which were you know iOS 3 a lot of that stuff was sort of bug, bug fixes, fixes and then yeah. kind of little tweaks here and there but you know 4142 and 43 have all had pretty big new features added so i think you know that's a there's been a lot the iOS 4 you know point 3 that we're using we'll be using next week is is Different, markedly different than the iOS 4 that we first started using last summer. Mm, brings a lot of, of good new improvements. I mean, another one that came on today is the we, – we saw the beginning of AirPlay in 4.2, which allows you to stream audio from your iPhone or iPad to, say, a second-generation Apple TV. Uh, and now we're getting video support for third-party apps, which is definitely interesting. And it's they're yeah, building it's upon these iterations. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a nice that's a nice improvement. And uh, sort of related to the iOS and also to the hardware is the video video mirroring feature mm. and, H, and HDMI out, which is very exciting. Um, I think and I think the HDMI out is going to work on the iPhone four too. Uh, which yeah, is one of the big correct. one of mm-hmm. the big problems. And the fourth generation iPod Touch is these devices were able to play HD video files even if they weren't able to display them at the full resolution, but not via video out to an HD TV. And now they will be able to. And the iPad two will actually be able to just mirror its display, which is huge news for people who do presentations and yep. especially for mm-hmm. people in education because they'll be able to throw up the contents of any app onto a big screen and show it as they're using it. And that's just a I've, I already talked to a number of people I know today who are educators and they were, you know, all of them very excited by the potential that that allows. And that was, for many of them, the top thing on their list in terms of what they wanted Apple to provide. So the ability to do that is really it's a huge step for, for making inroads in education as the iPad is already, you know, that's a field the iPads already seems to appeal to a lot. So this will mm-hmm. really, you know, a big boost. bolster that. Yeah. We haven't uh, talked about the personal hotspot uh, feature. And we never will. (laughs) No, Dan. I I, I believe we actually will as I'm the host and can steer the discussion to what I want. No, it's uh, uh, um, AT&T iPhone users who who look at Verizon iPhone users and thought, boy, I'd like to share my my network connection with with Wi-Fi capable devices. Rejoice. Well, (laughs) 
as of next Friday, you'll be able to. Yes. Yeah. And this isn't a situation like with tethering where Apple added the feature and then AT&T said, yeah, we should really support it one of these days. It, it will be available? Uh, essentially, it is – from AT&T's perspective, it is the same feature. If you're paying for tethering now, which is $20 a month and you've mm-hmm. got to be on the Data Pro plan, I think. So you've already <laughs> got to have the two gigabyte plan. And then you pay $20 more and you get tethering. As of your installation of 4.3 on your AT&T iPhone 4, you'll get um, this new personal hotspot instead of tethering. It's the same as in the Verizon phone. It's It replaces tethering in the settings and you can turn on a Wi-Fi network and share your cellular connection via Wi-Fi or Bluetooth or USB. Those are still there. Um, but the other thing that AT&T has done to sort of step up their competition with Verizon is that they changed the – the, the contents of that tethering plan so that now you get an additional two gigabytes of data on your tethered devices, which means you essentially have got four gigabytes of data instead of two for that extra $20, which is one of the big criticisms of AT&T is they were making you pay $20 a month for a software feature that required no work on their part. And now at least they're also tossing in more data. And I think there's another difference and in, in- Please jump in if I'm wrong here. But AT&T, if you go over that two gigabyte that you get for the personal hotspot, you can start dipping into your two gigabyte yep. from the data pro yes. plan. Starts eating into that. Yes. Verizon, Verizon sort of keeps is, those separate. Yeah. And Correct. Which is, it charges a heck of a lot more for overages yeah. than, yes. than like AT&T. Twenty bucks for yeah. twenty versus ten bucks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that's nice. It's 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 one of those sort of. Uh, up and down thing because on the one hand, it's great that you can dip into that and you have that reserve sort of of two gigs to drop back to. The downside is you can very easily end up exceeding your limits if you're using your phone heavily as well as using tethering heavily because all of a sudden you're eating out of the same pool. Right. But it is, you know, four gigs. Uh, you know, it's nice that for t- your twenty bucks, you're not just getting a nod from AT and T saying, "Yes, you are tethering now." You, <laughs> you get, are of the elite. You actually, special approved. You actually double your total data bucket, and that's even though the buckets aren't quite, you know, they're adjacent to each other. That's a, that's much more fair, I think. And that was a change that was made uh, by AT and T in in response to the Verizon stuff. And uh, so for AT&T people, it's actually really great, especially if you're already paying for tethering. You'll just get it. And I think it calls into question the whole need uh, you know, for a lot of people to get a 3G iPad mm-hmm. because you know, if you, you, for $20 a month, you can get this on your, on your iPhone, turn it on, and not only can you share with your iPad via Wi-Fi, but if you have a laptop or you have a friend with an iPad or a laptop, you know, you can have up to five devices talking to, to your phone and using your data. I tell you what's nice is the idea of having an AT&T iPhone and a Verizon iPad because then you can get online no matter where you are, which is nice. However, the downside is that the iPads don't support the hotspot feature. They're right. only available on the mm-hmm. iPhone 4, which is kind of a bummer because, you know, the it certainly seems like it might appeal to, to have your iPad and be able to share that 3G connection out. And we should specify that um, Dan talked about the Verizon iPad. We, we do have – the iPad 2 is more confusing – than the iPad was. Hooray! Yeah, yeah, because now you've got black or white. You've got different sizes. And not only do you have Wi-Fi and 3G, the, the AT&T 3G model is different, physically different than the Verizon 3G model. The Verizon 3G model works on CDMA only I believe and it's has also no SIM card. Six grams heavier or something and, ridiculous <laughs> like that. And the AT&T model has the, SIM, the micro SIM tray that the current AT&T iPad has. So, you know, 
we, I don't know how many iPad models that means physically that there are now, but it, it, you know, 18, I believe. Yeah. Yes. Oh. 18 different iPads. <laughs> yes. Three cubed iPads. It's, it's, it's a little insane. So you can't switch. You can't get like the cellular iPad 2 and then switch from Verizon to AT&T. Not yet. I think Apple wants to go there, but they're not there yet. Right. And Baby steps. <laughs> I guess the other iOS 4.3 feature that was discussed today was the um, the orientation lock switch. <laughs> but I don't know anyone who cares about that. Oh. Certainly not Lex Friedman. Only Lex Friedman. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean it's it's a great example of Apple going, you know – Sort of going back on something that it did, right, in that it first shipped the iPad with a hardware orientation lock. And then in a later update, they changed that switch so that instead it was a mute button and the masses, or at least Lex, cried out. <laughs> and so they sort of in 4.3 was like, isn't this great? Now we're going to make it an option so you can do whatever you want. Everybody can be happy. I not mean, they a, were very typical firm Apple on that and in the beginning, though. They were very much like, oh, no, it's the mute switch now and that's how it's going to stay for device parity, for everything else. And then I think they slowly, you know – Slowly taking it back. They walked it back a little bit. Yeah. No, I think it's I think it's great for people to have the choice. Personally, I actually find the mute switch behavior. I know this is not cool and 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 popular to be a rebel and say Apple did it wrong, but I actually think the mute switch behavior is better um, for me. That I, I never I, I very rarely use the orientation lock, and it, there's something nice about going to bed and knowing I can flip the switch, and then I'm not gonna have words with friends tell me at three in the morning that somebody who's a who's a night owl has played, and I have to play my next turn. Yeah, I like that, but I understand that other people like to lay on their side while they're reading, and for those people, this feature's for you. Well, we could take it one step further, Jason. We could just make it into an air an airplane mode switch. So you could just turn off everything. Everything. Yes. Oh, that's, how about just a power switch at that point? <laughs> just shut it off. Uh, I think we, we still have more to cover. Yes. Dear God. Lots more to cover. <laughs> iMovie for the iPad or iMovie, a universal version of iMovie. Yeah, it is An a update. universal update, yes, mm-hmm. that will now run on the iPad as well as – or the iPad 2? I think it's un- – I think we're still It's unclear. very unclear. We have if gotten – run on the original <laughs> iPad or not? We've gotten mixed reports from both sides. Uh, from Apple PR has said, yes, you can use it on the original iPad. And then it says to other people, no, you can only use it on the iPad 2. So we, we will <laughs> – So, But we do know that it will work on the iPhone 4 and the iPad 2. Whether it yes. works on the original iPad is unclear. And the fourth generation iPod Touch. And it will – be an right. update for current users of iMovie yes. for iPhone. If you so bought it, you'll get it. Yes. It's just an update. And what's being added to iMovie other than the iPad optimization? All kinds of cool things, Phil. I didn't get a chance to play it with it personally since I wasn't at the event, but apparently there are all kinds of new nifty multi-touch gestures, uh, which I'm hoping one of you two got to play with and a can bit. speak little, to. A little tiny bit. Yep. Maybe. <laughs> you can, yeah, you kind of pinch and... And yeah, so there, I mean, they have this precision editor now, which they also introduced in was it not iMovie nine? I'm yeah, the precision editor so, started in iMovie yeah. So that you, what's what I found most impressive about it in the in the few you know minutes that I had with it is that um, you'd think that something that is crunching you know HD video and letting you do all these effects and transitions and layer multiple audio track stuff, you'd figure you think it'd be very sluggish on something like an iPad. Not so. It is actually very very responsive and speedy. So. You know, like on iMovie on your Mac, and it looks a lot like iMovie on your Mac does these days. Um, you've got sort of a bin of clips in the top left. You've got your little preview window in the top right, and you've got your timeline at the bottom. And you can sort of drag stuff around. And in, in many ways, it's it's interesting because having seen iMovie 9 and 8 on, on the Mac, 
it almost makes more sense on on the iPad where you can <laughs> do that gesture and that moving around and actually physically interacting with it as opposed to the mouse-based you know interface that you've got on the Mac. Well, you're going back to the origin which was cutting strips by hand and when you're going back to something that is intention, you know, in it, it's tactile. Yes, exactly. By default, so it makes sense. I mean, I I got really really excited when I saw I, when they first released iMovie for iPhone. I was like, all right, when are you porting this to the iPad? Because the iPad has the bigger screen. It has you know there's there's so much more you could do on an iPad. And so I've I'm really happy that they're bringing it to the iPad. I would really love it to t- to see them take it one step further because they've added all of these new features and add some way to transfer projects from the iPad to the computer because. From now, I mean, if you if you were able to say start a start a project on your Mac and then do a little bit and put it on your iPad to finish. Yeah, I think the problem with that, and this, I'm not sure if you can do that with iMovie. I know you can do that with GarageBand, yep. but it's a one way trip because there yeah. are fewer features on, on the, the iPad I'm, yeah. than on the Mac. So you can go, you can start it on the iPad and take it to the Mac, but you can't go back the other direction. Yeah, but problem. you know, but, but this is going to be a great use of the uh, camera connector kit. Absolutely, where you can ha- take an HD camera. I think I think even the iPhone four, but also like a camcorder or something, and import the video into the iPad and use the iPad as your vid- video editing suite. And uh, who knows what kind of crazy things people are going to be able to do out in the middle of nowhere with just an iPad and a camera. I was talking to some uh, to Michael Gartenberg on Twitter about how if you just have a 3G-capable iPad and an iPhone 4 going around taking video at like a convention or an expo hall, taking video on your iPhone 4, dumping that video into Dropbox or into some kind of third-party thing and then accessing it on your iPad, editing it entirely on your iPad and shooting it out. I mean you can do that pretty much anywhere you have a cell right. signal yet now with two – relatively light pieces of technology. Right. Although if you were wise, you'd bring the camera connection kit so you didn't yeah. have to. Yes. So you could just do. That's true. Like, footage, to do it directly. HD yeah. video is large. Yeah. But, but yeah. I'm that's living the in the cloud. I'm that's living the, five years ahead. That's the idea is that you know, you're out there in the middle of nowhere and you're able to do this. Or, or you're at a trade show or, or something like that and you can put the whole package together you know, right in the press room. And then upload it even from iMovie. Directly from iMovie. Directly from YouTube yeah, exactly. or Vimeo or whatever. Yeah. It's a it's an impressive looking app, and I mean, it, it remains to be seen how much this actually turns into something that people use. I mean, I think iMovie for the iPhone when they released it last year was got a lot of you know a lot of credit for for the what it allowed you to do. But editing a movie on an iPhone is very is a very cramped experience. It's even, difficult, even with the way they made it. And the iPad does seem to be a lot more suited to that task. So yes. I will be really interested to see how that pans out. But it looks it's a cool looking app. I think the interface is kind of I just. I, there's something that in it that's just like tickling funny when you launch it up and it's got that sort of theater marquee thing with the neon sort of yeah. buzzes in and it's just like I, I was using it with one of the the reps standing there and I think I, I just laughed when it opened up. It's very it's very whimsical. I like whimsy. Yeah. Is there any whimsy in the Garage Band? Oh, uh, oh full of whimsy. It's, over, it's overflowing <laughs> with whimsy. Because let me uh, let me um, dis- disqualify myself from from any further participation in this discussion. For me, as a musical clod, Garage Band has always been one of those. Oh, that's nice apps. Um, so, tell me about Garage Band while I. Do my crossword well, puzzle. It does. It does stuff that you know. Well, I think Phil that one of the Apple's points would be that GarageBand, as it exists on the Mac, is very much oriented toward musicians. Not entirely, but very much oriented toward musicians. And we use it for podcasting. But 
on the iPad, Apple still got some musician features, right? You can – there's a, an Apogee box that you attach via the dock connector and plug your guitar into it and you can do GarageBand and all of those amps and stuff on your iPad, which is crazy. That's that's very cool. And you can, you can you know, bring in microphone tracks and other stuff like that and play on the piano. But they also added all of these smart instruments, which are – I think it's like drums and bass and guitar and piano, where for people who are musical clods, the idea is you don't have to learn how to play the guitar. They put up a thing that says like this is a G and a C and, a, and an E minor and you just kind of run your finger on them and they play the, the chords. So they're trying to make it something that lets people who aren't as musically adept explore and whether that's adults or whether that's like kids. I keep coming back to the fact that my kids love the iPad and I look at something like GarageBand and think, well, I can see my daughter who's taking piano lessons. I can see her going in there and just playing around with the the, the basic instruments, the smart instruments and saying, oh, cool, I can play a guitar thing. It's here. a very cool structure for – I think because what – there's features that appeal to beginners, intermediates and experts. I mean like if you're – you can go from like the smart guitar to the guitar – like the touch guitar right. to plugging in your own guitar, right? right. And that sort of runs mm-hmm. the gamut of all the possible, you know, beginner through expert. And I think that's that's a really cool thing. I mean, I think the same as you were saying about your kids. My, I remember that a couple of Christmases ago, I was staying with some cousins, and the the older of the two kids, who was like eight or nine, had picked out for her younger brother, who was like three, like this total percussion set. And the parents were kind of like rolling their eyes, like, "Oh my God, he's just going to bang on these things like forever and ever." And it's like, no, not only could that be turned to productive use, but you can also put headphones on. <laughs> yeah, so I think I think it's got. It'll be interesting to see how people adopt it, but you've already seen people in the music business and uh, DJs using iPads and, and, and adopting that technology because it's light and they can carry it with them when they're on on tour and in the hotel rooms. It's just super light, and I think you'll see more of that with GarageBand on there. That it, you know, it's another way. We'll see. There will be more YouTube videos of bands <laughs> putting on concerts on subway cars using iPads now that GarageBand is out there. So, yeah, it's been what weeks since it's we've been, seen one of those. It's been lacking. So. Well, that's nice. Let's talk about um, wake back up, Phil. The <laughs> iPad two accessories uh, uh, yes. were announced. Mm. You've got the <laughs> oh, I'm excited. We can, we can speak about the smart, <laughs> smart cover, cover for like twenty <laughs> minutes. You, it's you nearly, the most exciting accessory ever, <laughs> listeners. Jason nearly leapt out of his chair across the table when at the at the mere implication that we were going to discuss the smart cover. So nobody loves iPad cases more than me, Phil. With that build up. Tell me about the smart covers. Yeah, you know, they're this is like cover for your cover for your So well the the secret is magnets. <laughs> Which is different from magic. But only by like two letters. It's a magical device with magnets. So uh, how does it work? So the smart cover is – Because I I have to tell you, those of us who were not in the room (laughs) – Are not as excited. I imagine it was a little puzzling. It was a a puzzling moment following – Why is everybody freaking out about this case? Following the feed. (laughs) Okay. so so And there was the video, which I believe you described as indescribable. (laughs) It was hard to figure out. It is now up on the website. It is. So so, – Whimsical. It goes back to what I said before about how – this iPad is more grippable, the iPad 2, and it's easier to hold. And one of the th- reasons you would get a case for the original iPad was to make it easier to hold. So this new Apple case that's not a case 
it goes on the front of the screen to protect the screen. So it's got a, a – the bulk of it is this iPad screen-sized flap. And on one side, the side that touches the screen, it's a microfiber cloth and you know it sort of protects it and you kind of wipe it if, if you can – you can almost use it as a rag. And on the other side, there's either leather – or polyurethane, polyurethane used in spacesuits. Steve Jobs points out <laughs> it's used in spacesuits. He said that like a kid, like he, like he didn't even believe it. Yeah, <laughs> it's, in space well, it's also used in garbage cans. But all right, we'll say space. I think spacesuits <laughs> sounds a little bit sexier. Well, that's what it's marketing. It's all about the marketing. Yeah. So and and it sort of folds in four. Um, so uh, and on the edge of it is a uh, is a metal kind of like hinge with two. Magnets on the edges, and there are magnets of the opposite, uh, you know, the attracting kind on the side, on the left side, specifically only of the iPad two. So when you hold this little cover and you kind of hold it over the side of the iPad two, it gloms on, and then it's attached, and it's a pretty strong attachment. You can actually pick up the iPad two with the cover, and it and it doesn't fall. Um, so that's kind of interesting because basically, what what have I got now? It's a magnet. Cu- uh, right. you know, and you screen can, protector. Boring. You can you can fold it like you can like with the old case. You right. can turn it into a stand. It sort of folds in on itself, makes this triangle that you can either use to prop up your iPad for typing, right. or to then sort of flip it over and use it as a stand for watching videos. And I will say about the latter, I have the original you know Apple case on my iPad, um, and it's it's a good case. I like it. Um, but if you ever try to use it in that stand-up fashion to watch something, it's very wobbly. It's a little wobbly. And if you don't get it lined up just right, it will just fall, will over, fall over, which and, is and unfortunate. And correct me if I'm wrong, but if you're standing up using the, the smart cover, it, it's sort of like flipping a magazine. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's like a book. It's like opening a book. Yeah. So so the cool thing that, cool ma- thing. that makes it cooler than, than – oh, it's a screen protector with magnets <laughs> – is there's also a magnet on the inside front cover on the right side, and 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 so when you close it, it it it's kind of a pleasant kind of clicking sound where it where the magnet right. it stays. So if you turn the yeah. whole thing over, it's not like the cover doesn't fall off. Out. Yeah, but wait, there's more. <laughs> um, Apple actually has a sensor. I think it's actually adjacent or in the magnet. Yeah. There's actually a sensor that tells whether that book cover is attached or not to the to the front, um, and the iOS. As there's apparently an API for the presence of this magnet. So basically when you open the book cover, you don't have to press the button and then slide to unlock. You can't you can set it that way. There's a setting. But by default, I believe, when you open the book cover, your iPad just turns on and is unlocked and you're sitting at, at wherever you were, the home screen or whatever. That's a really cool, clever little feature that only Apple really could do because it is the hardware, the accessory, and the software all working together. Right. And when you close the book cover or a smart cover, um, I keep wanting to call it a book cover. It's a smart it's cover. It's, book cover. It's yeah. so smart. It's bookish. <laughs> yeah, it's not that smart. So when you close it, it locks the iPad. So the, which, the, the which physical movement of the of the cover is what turns your iPad it's, on and it's off. It's a little bit like checking to see if the fridge light is on when the door closes. <laughs> you you got to move it really fast. You're like, aha, it's on, it's off, it's on, it's on. Otherwise, you would almost like think it was on all the time, but it's not. There's you a, there's can hear it lock when you close mm. the cover. There's a convenience there, though, which is kind of cool. And in fact, we, we, we were just saying in one of our recently published pieces where we talked about things we'd like to see in the iPad or in the iPad software, I think, yeah. a number, a surprisingly large number of people were like, you know what, I'm really annoyed by having to turn it on and slide to unlock because I don't, you know, I 
understand that exactly, which like is for iPhone. the phone, that mm-hmm. makes sense. You don't want to accidentally activate something. But on the iPad, it's like, well, it's sitting around on my desk or whatever. This isn't really an issue. And the smart cover actually allows you to, you know, to just flip it open like you're like you're opening a book or a magazine and it's just bam, it's all all your information's already there. Right. It's it's a it's a nice little touch and one that again I think a lot of people will find makes a surprising difference. Yeah, and a, and clever case makers will no doubt find ways to integrate these things with their own third party cases. So even I if you wanted wait. a even <laughs> if you wanted a different kind of case, presumably they will have some of that they will take advantage of this feature to offer that same kind of instant on you flip it open and bang the uh no, the, no the doubt is open. No doubt the guys at iFixit will tear down the smart cover to see what's inside. <laughs> yes. That would, be the, exactly that would be the first they tear down of an iPad case. <laughs> I, I look forward to it. I, I like the polyurethane by the way. They both come in five colors. There's five polyurethane co- colors and there's five leather colors. I think I maybe like the polyurethane yeah, better than nicer. the leather. The mm-hmm. leather's fine and all, but I it like it. It looked the, like it wore really easily and mm, I don't know. It yeah. wasn't as it's, yeah. it's expensive. So to summarize So to summarize, it's a it's a magnetized case that can read your thoughts made out of the same materials used by spacemen. <laughs> yes. yes. Okay. Astronauts. <laughs> okay. From Alien World. Perfect for the, the iPad. Back, so it doesn't protect the back, but it protects the screen. And when you open it up, your iPad magically turns on and unlocks. And again, spacemen. Space, space suits. Men. Spacemen is the much, much better <laughs> right. term. Spacemen. Used by those people from space. And of course, there was the adapter. Yeah, adapter. Which we, yes. which we sort of talked yes, about. It's, it's no Come smart cover, Phil. No. <laughs> no, it's, it just involves cables. Yeah, no. It, it's, it finally, we were able to connect these things to HD displays and play things back at HD resolution. And it's got a mirroring And it's got a USB plug too. on it, too. No, it's, it's a dock connector. Or is it? It's no. a HDMI and a dock connector. Second dock. It's basically a pass through to the dock connector. Oh, okay. Um, but it also does the Very HDMI. Well also, <laughs> I, I I looked. Um, the uh, HDMI one will also do, I believe, audio if your if your TV supports audio over HDMI. Right. Right. Yeah. So like you could plug it in and watch a movie. I, I think that's going to be one of the uses. Is you get a, you get an HD movie from iTunes. And you can play it back on an HDTV in HD, which right now you actually can't do. Even with Although, the iPhone 4 that has the capability to play HD files, mm-hmm. they won't play them back at HD resolutions with the existing adapters. So it's a good – it was one of the big missing pieces on the iOS was the ability to pay, play back HD video and go direct to HDMI. OK. And we had uh, Random House uh, – Joining the iBook store. Surprise. Mm-hmm. After they announced just the other day how, you know what, we've decided that the agency model is really the way to go to sell our ebooks in the U.S. And surprise, and Steve two Jobs. days later. Yes. <laughs> we all said, hmm, could, it's so interesting they would say this two days before an Apple event. Hmm. And so Steve Jobs came out on stage and one of the first things he said was, uh, we're adding Random House to the iBook store. Now, Random House, it's important to note, is not only the last of the sort of uh, six majors. They were the, the final holdout. But they are also a, the pretty much the largest publisher of certainly of the English language, um, if not in the world, and they have you know more titles than several of the other publishers combined. So Random House is not an insignificant addition. A lot of the bestsellers and other sort of popular books that might not have been in the iBook store to date are now there, and this is great because it means that you know Apple's really pretty much on on par with Amazon and you know Barnes and Noble in terms of what their catalog can offer. So you know at this point we now have plenty of options for reading stuff on our on our iPad. So the the, the addition there is really a pretty substantial one. 
And I think that covers the whole Megilla of things that were announced today. Is there anything that we've we've forgotten to touch one on? One more thing. No, I don't. <laughs> no, there, there was no, there was there no, was no, no one, one more thing. thing. The no. Pixar guys were at the event. Yeah, John Lasseter <laughs> and Lee, Lee Unkrich, fresh from winning an Oscar on Sunday night for directing Toy Story 3. He was there and John Lasseter as well. Mm-hmm. Um, he was down there with Big Bob Mansfield. There were two big guys <laughs> down there in the front rows. Uh, those were the celebrities that I spotted. That's awesome. I saw the back of Tim Cook's head. He, he got a front row seat. <laughs> Which I hear has its own blog. I don't know. I don't <laughs> the back mm-hmm. of Tim Cook's head. Yeah, I don't know. If it doesn't, it does now. A- anything that um, that we feel Apple left out of today's event? You know, pained uh, expressions well, all around. I, 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 I'm only asking that because we've spent the past week saying, well, here's what we would do. iOS we 5 is still floating out there and yeah. I think there was too much today. The iOS 5, I mean, they, they've traditionally done an iOS event that has been for the media, but it's also really been a sending a message to developers and saying, okay, developers, go. Let's let's start with this. And with iOS 4.3 still sort of in the final cooking stage and with iPad being such a consumer-focused thing, I think that they were probably wise. Presumably there will be an iOS announcement down in Cupertino that will be, you know, less well attended because it's a more developer-y kind of thing. I think that but you, needs to needs to happen. It uh, will, but I'm wondering if it might happen at a, at a later point given that a lot of attention has also been given to Lion and releasing Lion yeah. and iOS 5 side at by side. Time, would, well, for developers, that's just That's a lot of yeah, work. But they could they could, you know, roll out the iOS 5 preview and then focus on shipping Lion and then yeah. come back to iOS 5. I don't know. There's a question so there, there's a question what of What will they do at WWDC and will the message be there or will there be something? I mean that, that was something that we obviously are very excited about is there are things that are still lingering in iOS 4 that Apple really ought to address, places where they are behind their competitors and things like notifications. Ah, yes. That was the, that was the answer the host was looking ah, for, do I, Is that the gold envelope? <laughs> yes. This, <laughs> like a 10 point this, is, this is when the little bird with the cigar drops yeah. down. They say the secret yeah. avoid. Yeah. So there's yeah. all those features that we that, – you know, we'll recycle that story yet again when it comes time for uh, iOS 5. 5. But but that that stuff's still out there and it is still relevant. And you, you look at the you know, you look at Honeycomb or you look at the uh, at the WebOS tablet and uh, that's uh there, there there are things Apple could do better and I assume they're working on them and, and iOS 5 is when we're hoping to see them. So they're I not hope, done yet. <laughs> I hope that will happen. Yeah, they're going to throw up their hands. <laughs> eh, 4.3, that's pretty much as good as it gets. I will say it's kind of interesting talking about Lion for a second, how they phrase this as 2011 as the year of the iPad 2 when last year it was very much – 2011 is going to be the year of the Mac. Well, so no, they true. said back to the Mac. To That's the, never, true. They never said year of the Mac. Okay, so it's back to the Mac in the year of the iPad 2. Yeah. Well, you know, they're playing it's like off everybody. like loving the time of cholera. <laughs> you know, everybody said last year was the year of the iPad. So they're saying, and, you know, we will rule yeah. this year too. I We're mean, going to keep their... rolling. I mean, and, and Rupert Murdoch said the same thing at that daily event a couple, you know, yeah. last month or something. He said last year belonged to Apple. This year belongs to Apple. Next year probably belongs to Apple. <laughs> yeah. And that guy's a that guy's a billionaire. So yes, he knows. His, I believe everything you he trust says him. Mm-hmm. Um, about I, money. Yeah, <laughs> I think um, we've exhausted all the words in the English language that could be said about today's uh, today's Apple in, event indemnification. Mm. <laughs> so I just like to thank um, you, Jason Snow. Thank you, Phil. You, Dan Morin, for flying out. Ah, thanks, Phil. And you, Serenity Caldwell, for joining us. Absolutely, thank you. And listeners, we hope you enjoyed the forced levity pause and rambling of this podcast, especially you, listener Mosley. Uh, I'm Philip Michaels, signing off 
Mouth for the Macro podcast. We'll talk to you next week.